All right, here we are again, New Endings Radio. Nice to have you folks out there listening to us today. My name's Darren. I'll be your host today. We have uh, Stacy, our co-host, as usual. Hello. And uh, Stacy's, uh, as you know, is a smart one. I keep her here so she can, uh, can take. I'm just a guy. I just I don't know anything. <laughs> All I know is I, I was messing with alcohol for 30 years, and and I know everything that you guys out there are feeling. Because I'm just one of those guys that figured it out in the end, but uh, it took me a long time to to get going. So, so I'm she's a, she. We keep her around so she can answer all the important questions. So, wow. all right. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, hey, the you noticed the uh, music was back. Yes. Okay. That well, rock, I, that I know. Rocky I music. I know. Well, I told you last week. <laughs> I said that uh, I thought the guy was telling me, you know, hey, we got to change the music, and I was just reading between the lines, and then I got an email. And uh, he, he he was, uh, you know, looking at the show and telling me, you know, what to do. And he says, oh, the music was great. What do you know? I, <laughs> I wanted to switch it back because I kind of liked it. So <laughs> so here we are. We're back with uh, with the good music. So in any case, that's why you guys heard a, a little bit different last week than you did this week. Now, you, uh, you all remember uh, what uh, New Endings Radio is all about. We're just here to try to... Help you folks get out of denial. Those uh, those of you that are sitting there wondering what's going on, you have hurts, habits, and hangups of some sort. There's all kinds of addictions out there, and our goal here is just to show you there's other people out there. Uh, we talk to someone different every week. Today we're going to be talking to Johnny from North Dakota, and he has uh, his issue with alcohol. We haven't had an alcohol uh, story on for no. a few weeks, I think. No, right? we haven't, yeah. and we've had a lot of ladies on and, too. Uh, yeah, it was, it's nice to have a guy on yeah. there. I think they're too chicken. I, I really do. I said that last time too. But you think uh, they're scared of me? No, I think they're just they're just scared in general. All maybe. right, well, maybe it is you. I don't know, but in any case, uh, let's go ahead uh, and get John. Johnny. Johnny, uh, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Thanks Hi, Johnny. Yes, Johnny from, Johnny from North Dakota. All right. Have we been? Yes. Oh, North Dakota, have we been up there? Uh, I don't know. North Dakota? I don't Dakota. know. All right. All right. Well, maybe <laughs> not. Well, in any case, uh, Johnny, uh, the way things go here on uh, New Endings Radio is uh, that we kind of want to get a uh, uh, kind of an idea of uh, what led you to your point. I call it flipping. I don't, you know, the hitting bottom is kind of negative, so I kind of like to call it flipping because you can flip before you hit bottom. You know, if you make sure, make up your sure. mind, you can yeah. you can take care of it earlier. But you know, most of us don't take that kind of advice. At least if you do it like me, anyway. But <laughs> in, in any case, uh, so I want you to go back to your childhood and just kind of give us a little background and kind of tell us how things were growing up and in uh, North Dakota, and we'll go from there. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, I grew up in a in a rural uh, dairy farm, and my parents. Um, it was very common to have eighth grade education. You get out, you actually graduate from eighth grade education, you get married and had started having families and, and life goes on. Um, my parents were young. My mom was 15 when she was married and 16 when I was born. And wow. my dad was 19 and 20 when that I was you. born. Yeah. So in, in a sense, I have an eight year old um, younger brother and I have a 16 year old older mother. So I was kind of like in the middle of the family. So right. I kind of grew up with them. And, um, you know, they were still sowing their wild oats and still partying and doing stuff that young people do. And, you know, in the 50s, you know, Elvis was there and rock and mm-hmm. roll was starting to come come to light. And they uh, they were farming during the day, partying at night. And, you know, that was just everybody did it. All the neighbors, <clears throat> they'd come over, they'd have house parties like that, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. They just did that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Saturday night, they go to town and get home in time to get the kids cleaned up to go to church on Sunday. And so I was raised in a Christian home, um, went to church every Sunday and went to uh, LYF, it was a Lutheran church that we went to, Missouri Synod Lutheran Church. And then on, uh, you know, when as we got older, we got confirmed and, you know, everything. We did the communion, we did everything. But the biggest thing was, it was a loud, um, loud and uh, partying type of background. Mm-hmm. And that so was just uh, so everybody was drinking. Everybody was drinking. Yeah, oh, okay. they, they call North Dakota the drunkest state in the union. And, and oh, you're I, kidding me! I'm proof. I'm proof. Wow. Of it. I'm glad I didn't grow up there. I had enough problems <laughs> coming from California. <laughs> I can't even if I was real, in, real bad. I know if I was in the worst state. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what would happen to me then? No. All right. All right. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem. And and so I uh, I was not in sports. I was too I was too small stature and stuff to be in sports but i had uh i had one of the first people that had a driver's license and a car and of course you know what you do on mm-hmm. in a small town is you drive around and you drink beer after ball games and everything and that was normal you go out to keggers at bonfires and mm-hmm. that was normal everybody was there yeah so all the yeah. high schoolers are doing it together oh absolutely oh and nobody you know, really uh, cares i guess the, just... the, the biggest scandal was when you got somebody in sports that got caught at a party you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was a big deal, but, um, that was never anything that, you know, as long as we were working hard on the, on the farm, you work hard, you could play hard. And, uh, I got out of high school and graduated and went on to college, uh, to a junior college for, um, a skilled trade, uh, automotive technology. And I kind of grew up, my dad was a mechanic. And by the time I got to college, um, they gave me what was called a competency-based test. And the first two weeks I tested out of a two-year college. So, but I had to go to two years to get my degree, to get my associate art degree. So they made me a teacher. So I taught people, um, you know, and I was real close uh, to the college I went to, was real close to a a native reservation. And so we had a number of people that were there. I taught some of the natives and we also had a deaf school there, so I was able to learn uh, ALS sign language on teaching uh, different people that were deaf. All right, and you're, you're still drinking all this time, or? Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. So it was yeah. a big, it was still it was a part of your life basically. It was yeah, it was a part of my life. It was yeah. just one of those things, and uh, people kind of gravitated towards me because of you know you know alcohol gave me my inhibitions are gone. You know, uh-huh. nothing, there, there was, the sky was a limit. Right, exactly. And, you I'm know, scared I of anything. Had some, yeah, had a, you know, had the grandiose ideas and, yeah. you know, 10% of them worked out. And, uh, right. so, <laughs> and so I also got my first DUI in college. Oh, and, okay. uh, you know, and it was just one of those things. It was a 30 day suspension. Well, you think if everybody's then, doing it, that they would have been softer, the, Police, you know, I mean, if everybody's drinking, they must have been p- picking up people all the time. You would have thought they l- would have let you go and or something, you know. Well, but. well and, you know, and a lot of times they would. They would just say, yeah. you need to go home. I'm going to follow you home. And they let you drive your car home. And it was, you know, a lot different than it is today. Right. Okay. And they just didn't, you know, they just didn't know how to handle the masses that were doing it. Right. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's take a, let's take a quick break here. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back uh, after this message, and we'll find out uh, how things went after after college. Sounds good. 
New Endings Radio is a nonprofit organization, and we need your help to stay on the air. We depend on listener support to keep things running, and we need you to do what you can. Go to our website, newendings.online, and click on a donate button. You can give as little as $10 because every little bit helps us continue helping people that might be at the end of the rope. You can go to the GoFundMe website and find us at New Endings Radio and give what you can there. The whole purpose of New Endings Radio is to get people to understand they are not alone and that we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Even the rock-solid, go-to-church-every-Sunday kind of Christian has issues they need to address, even if they won't admit it. Help us help people help themselves and give what you can at our website, newendings.online, or go to the GoFundMe page and see us at New Endings Radio and do something to help someone. Okay, we're back here at New Endings Radio. We're talking to Johnny from North Dakota. He's uh, kind of told us how high school went. Everybody in North Dakota evidently drinks, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, party, party, party. I guess so. I thought I was a partier, but it sounds like they're born and bred yeah. there. So. Yeah. But in any case, uh, uh, Johnny's got through college, and we're going to let him pick up his story and, and kind of keep going. Tell us, uh, tell us the next chapter here, Johnny. Well, once I got done with with college, I got out into the work field where I started making my own money. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things that I would source out places that were comfortable to work at. And, you know, I had really good job opportunities, but I passed on them because I didn't feel comfortable. So I'd go to the places that we'd, we'd go to a, a, a bar to for a job interview. And that happens a lot. And, uh, you know, it would just... It was something where I was comfortable in the alcohol arena. And for years and years, I worked my way up into uh, a position where I was actually in charge of five car dealerships, parts and service departments um, across in four different states. And I got married. Uh, I had two kids. Um, What were you doing for these car dealers now? I was a parts and service director. Director for the... So anything, anything after the car was sold... I was in charge of, oh, Okay. you know, right. when they come in to get oil changes, tires, uh, warranty on their new cars. Right. Uh, I had 170 employees that were working um, underneath my, my, my command at four dealerships. And okay. uh, so one was in Las Vegas, hoo hoo, you know, fit right Uh-oh. in with me. <laughs> and that's when things got really crazy. I um, bet. Uh, first two years was great. It was fun. And then I started to realize as the alcohol started not being fun no more, it mm. wasn't working anymore, uh, traveling alone, eating alone, and it turned out drinking alone. Um, I started to realize that there was something changing in me. And you're you never going to believe this, getting... but I, I, I lived in Las Vegas for 10 years. That's oh, what, really? That's, yeah, and worked for a car dealership. How you like that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, that, that started my downward uh, spiral right there was Las Vegas. I mean, that place wore me out. Yeah. I couldn't, oh, at yeah. the end of 10 years, I was limping out of that place. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there was times when I was, I had to be flown out there because other managers were in intensive care because of uh, alcohol poisoning. Oh. And I had to fill in, fill in for them. Wow. Oh, well, fill in for them during the day and at night, it seemed to happen. And uh, yeah. so... Then with uh, family life, 
being gone all the time and I'd come back and my wife at the time uh, of 26 years, she moved up into a position of pharmaceutical uh, for a hospital where she had 300 employees and different satellites, clinics and stuff. So I'd come home and she'd leave. She'd come back and I'd leave. And so our life just kind of crumbled apart, you know, wasn't really, really wasn't it, it wasn't a family anymore. Right, well, Kids were growing up and okay. one had graduated and one had, uh, was a senior. And so you guys were kind of just making it all happen because the kids were there basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. evolved around the kids. Well, how was Everything. your, how was your relationship with your wife though? I mean, was it okay? Or were you guys just, you knew something wasn't right and, but you're sticking together for the kids or did you find out something wasn't right after the kids left? Well, towards the end, it was just basically we had dual income, dual income housemates is really what it turned out um, to be. And uh, and we, we, we couldn't really communicate because we were both in management. We get together and we try to manage each other. Wow. And it was, like I said, when we were when we were going to, you know, happy hours and stuff like that. And, you know, whining and dining other people that were in our employee and stuff. Things were all a show. It wasn't real. And mm. we'd come home and it was like just cold and mm. got to a point where it's like you know what she didn't like me when i was drinking i didn't like her when she was drinking so i went into uh i checked myself into an outpatient rehab oh because well, well, except, but wait a second you're alcohol. you're both drinking and yep. you both don't like each other when you're drinking <sighs> but yep. you that doesn't make much sense does it that's no, just that's no, just but, a that's just a i gotta do this for no reason type thing well, Boy, that, I'll tell you what, that's I, I, what uh, alcohol does to you. It does. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, it quit being fun. It became right. uh, dependent just to communicate. And it was, um, it, and that didn't work. You know, it was, it was just, it was painful. It really was painful and stressful. Right. Didn't even realize how stressful it was until later on when, when I actually wound up leaving the the marriage well usually and, when uh, you're when you're drinking you're trying to kill the pain of whatever situation you're in it sounds like you you were having more pain after you were drinking uh, it usually gets easier when yes. you're drinking but it, it made yeah, it worse no, for it, you so no huh. it made it worse it actually made it that? worse but it was it was a routine it was it right. turned into a habit right you yeah, know the, you hurts, just... the hurt started years ago then turned into a hang-up because of the way we're communicating and then it turned into a habit right and uh so it um, in December, um, of 2009, I, um, I left and I was actually homeless for a while in North Dakota, 30 below zero whoa, whoa. living in a storage unit in a storage, like, like and, one of the roll up door storage units, a regular, yes, sir. really, yep. the U the U-Haul storage doors, you know, outside rolled up and I had furniture in there and I was sleeping between the cushions of, of there and I had a little uh, propane space heater and, uh, and I hope there was like a to. hope there was like a porta potty around or something. Well, I was real close to a truck stop. There oh. you go. So like, oh, good. I go over there and take a shower in the morning and go to my nine dollar an hour job and wow. you know trying to make myself think it was okay. Nine dollar an hour uh, job. So you've switched. It sounds like you've switched careers and yeah, I switched careers oh, altogether. What, what were you doing now? Myself. I was actually working at a truck stop in a repair shop as a service writer mm. um, and, in okay. a semi, um, 18-wheeler truck. So you guys got divorced uh, at this point? We were divorced, yes. Okay, so and she was upset that you 
went into the rehab and wanted to quit drinking and she didn't want to yes. quit drinking. So she figured it was better to leave and just continue on her first, path. Yes. The very first time I said, my name is Johnny and I'm an alcoholic. She looked at me and I just saw it on her face. She had checked out. Wow. wow. How about that? Done. Boy, that's really wanting alcohol right there. Yeah. And, uh. and then, so I, um, I, uh, through, through a period of time, I was trying to, uh, re- like I said, reinvent myself in something else. And, uh, and one night I just signed up on a, on a website for christianmingle.com that a friend told me about. And a short time later, a lady reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm six miles away from you. And, and, uh, however that was worded at that time. And, and, uh, after a couple of weeks we got together and for a year and a half later, we got married and this time I'm still drinking. You know, I mm. went through rehab. I went through all of this, and it, I still was relapsing for so, six years. So you went that. through the inpatient, and then you came out, and you were still drinking. Yeah, yeah, just, that's, that was my story too. That, I think yeah, I went, and uh, I did. Uh, I did so many uh, rehab in and outpatient. Thing. I don't even remember how many I went through, and I was still drinking every time. So I get it. Yeah, and you know, it was just at the end. It was like I'd leave, and on the way home, I'd drive through. The off sale on the yeah, way home yeah. because I, when I get home is like I, I had to be able to to just be at home you know all right all right Jenny well let's let's take another quick break and then uh, we okay. got some real interesting part of the stories coming up so you guys don't want to tune out on this one New Endings Radio is a nonprofit organization and we need your help to stay on the air we depend on listener support to keep things running and we need you to do what you can Go to our website, newendings.online, and click on a donate button. You can give as little as $10 because every little bit helps us continue helping people that might be at the end of the rope. You can go to the GoFundMe website and find us at New Endings Radio and give what you can there. The whole purpose of New Endings Radio is to get people to understand they are not alone and that we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Even the rock-solid, go-to-church-every-Sunday kind of Christian has issues they need to address, even if they won't admit it. Help us help people help themselves and give what you can at our website, newendings.online, or go to the GoFundMe page and see us at New Endings Radio and do something to help someone. All right, welcome back to New Endings Radio. We're talking to uh, Johnny from North Dakota. He's got uh, quite a story. The biggest part of the story is coming up, so I hope you guys didn't. Uh, well, if you left, you wouldn't you wouldn't be listening they, to us, I would. guess. So I'm glad to have you back. Then they wouldn't that be case. hearing so, what you're saying all right, now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, Johnny, uh, so you left the, the 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 or the first wife wanted a divorce because she didn't like the fact you were drinking. She wanted to keep drinking, so she went down the the wrong path. You went to in, or uh, inpatient rehab, came out and kept drinking anyway, and yep. but you found a new wife, so that's where you kind of left off. So tell tell us what happened with all that. Well, you know, it was one of those things that uh, when we first met, we 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 did it the biblical way. We we came up with the agreement that this we're going to do it the way Jesus wanted us to to uh, have a relationship, and um, there was no you know sexual intimacy or anything until we were married, and we both agreed on that. And then, but still, you know, I was still trying to be who I used to be. You know, I used to be the guy making six digits, and I figured right. I'm gonna try and get back there again. And, uh, yeah, you feel, you know, you, I, I've been kind of in that position too. And, and with the, with the drink and everything else, you just feel like a loser. 
yeah. you know, because you're yeah. used to living the, the big life and having the money, and now you're, you're trying to do the right thing, but it just makes you feel so rotten. Right. You know, you know as a man, concerns. you know, you think you got to be yeah. the big dog and all that, and you've been there, and now you're, you know, you're trying to do the right thing, but it just it doesn't work. You just feel, if, right. you just hate yourself, you know. So I right. get driving a three hundred dollar pickup, you know, and that's, right. that's all, the only thing I have. Believe yeah. me, I know. I was and, there. Well, you so guys are both Christians at this point. Um, she was a Christian. She was she's been a, a Jesus follower for years and years and years, and um, I was. Like I said, I went to, I was raised in a Christian family, but I really wasn't a follower. Okay. I, I believed, but I wasn't a follower. Okay. And so you uh, kind of went off track. So, that's, that's my story. You kind of got off track. Now you're trying to get back on, on yeah. the right road. Okay. Yeah. Right. Trying to figure out how to, how to get back. Yeah, I got you. Right. So after I got through uh, treatment and uh, uh, Melinda and I, my second wife, uh, we got together, we met, we got married, um, you know, still drinking. And it was like, I could go 30 days, but I couldn't go 40. Then I could go 40 days, but I couldn't go 50. I was always relapsing in between there. And uh, so then when I um, got to a point where, you know, she she just said, you know what, Johnny, I love you, but I can't do this. And I was at the end of my rope. I li- literally was at the end of my rope um, on a Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I climbed on top of a ladder and I put a nylon rope around my neck because I didn't know how to live sober. I could quit drinking, did it a hundred times. I just didn't know how to live sober. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, beside myself. And all of a sudden this peace came over me, which I thought was, okay, sure, I'm going to do it. But really what happened was this voice came to me that said, you know, if you're going to do what you're going to continue to do here, everything that people have said about you that was bad, is going to become true. You'll have no say in it whatsoever. You have a story that I've written. It is your story. You're living it, but I wrote it and it's not done yet. I want you to go out and tell people your story. And just like that, the weight came off my shoulder. I climbed down off that ladder and I knew there was a celebrate recovery that night. Two hours later, I walked into a church to celebrate recovery and on the screen on the overhead says you belong here Wow! and i've been sober ever since that's fantastic but yeah you know i'm going to go back and jump on one thing that you said because it 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 affects a lot of people that uh they don't know how to live sober you you, you've been drinking for so long you don't know how you're going to act so you're scared to quit drinking because you don't know if people are going to like you or, you know, how do I laugh again? How do I get along with people again? Because you've been drinking so long. That's where I was at as I just, I was so used to being that way, you know, 24 hour, you know, drinking, you know, it it just, my blood alcohol level had to be up all the time. If it wasn't, then I just started freaking out. Right. That's a big first step. Yeah. And the day that I was, um, you know, that I climbed that ladder, I was trying to drink coffee and I couldn't hold a coffee cup with both hands. I knew I was that, that, that I was in trouble. I was in big, big trouble that my, I was shaking so bad. Yeah. I couldn't tie my shoes. Um, I was just like, I was a wreck. Yeah. And when I came down off that ladder, I could drink water with one hand. Mm. I was able to tie my shoes to go to sober recovery that night. Yeah. And, you know, that's very uh, interesting because when I quit after 30 years and I'm drinking, you know, uh, crown or whiskey, you know, around the clock. And mm-hmm. when I finally decided to stop and I was on my knees begging for, for help, 
I didn't have any more cravings. And all these times I couldn't stop before, I had no cravings. I had yep. no no issues. I mean, there are miracles that happen are, if you believe. Yeah. There it, are miracles. You know? yeah. And exactly the same way. I've never had a craving since. Yeah, that's amazing. So you get to celebrate yep. recovery. And, uh, yeah, it, and what's, what's happened with Celebrate Recovery? Well, I get there, and there was a new group in a smaller town. Um, I'd heard about Celebrate Recovery um, in uh, six years earlier because I got a free book at a bookstore when I yeah. bought some DVDs, and it was Life Healing Choices by John Baker. Never heard of them, didn't know anything about it till I opened up the page, and it said on page one of the Life Healing Choices book, a daddy was trying to get um, he was working two shifts and he was trying to get his little boy to take a nap so that he could get a little cat nap in. Um, and his little son said no. So he decided, okay, here's a newspaper. There's a picture of the world on the front of the newspaper. Daddy tore it up in different pieces, told the son, he goes, you put the world back together and wake me up when you're done. He thought he's going to have a half an hour or so. About two minutes later, the little boy comes, okay, dad, I got it. He looked at it and it was right. He goes, how did you know how to do that? There's no way this little five-year-old boy knew how to do that. The five-year-old said, but dad, on the back of that world was a person. Once I got my person put together, the world looked right. <laughs> oh, there you go. I've heard that story and before. That, That's a, yeah. I, was, I think I, I read the same on, book as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. I was hooked on Celebrate Recovery from that point on. And um, so I got to Celebrate Recovery. And uh, in a short time, I went through a step study. Then I found out what my real problem was. I thought my problem was drinking. Right. No. Well, my problem wasn't my problem. My problem was the result of my problem, which was a people pleasing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, every, and, every, nobody gets that. Well, no, some people get it, but yeah. I mean, you, when you get there, you get it. But uh, yeah. you're yeah. you're drinking for something else. I mean, it's not the yeah. the alcohol is not the real problem. You know, you, you no, got to figure the out the alcohol is a problem. symptom. Right. Yeah. The alcohol is a symptom. Well, I'll tell you what, and we got so, about, we got about a minute left. So okay. you're, you're a state rep for Celebrate Recovery. Your wife's involved with you. So you guys are deep into yes. Celebrate Recovery. And in the next uh, 45 seconds now, why don't, you, why don't you tell us uh, what you got, the what's your question says, what you got the most of? <laughs> what I'm has sorry? Celebrate Recovery done yeah, for you? Done for you. Okay. Okay. What Celebrate Recovery has done for me is done a whole lot more than alcohol ever did. Um, it's, it's brought me in contact with people that, you know, who are hurting from their hurts, their hangups and their habits. And I have a connection with them. I can look them in the eye and they can look me in the eye and they can feel love coming from me that never came before. Um, people who didn't, uh, when I quit drinking, they're like, we didn't even know that you were drinking. We thought that's just the way you were. Mm. When I got sober, they're like, oh, that's the way you are. <laughs> we like you this way. And nice, yeah. so so Jesus, our only goal from Jesus is to love people. He doesn't care how much money we make, what kind of cars we drive, you know, what kind of house we live in. The only instruction we have was to love people. And that's what we're doing. All right. Well, it was great talking to you t- today, uh, Johnny. And uh, uh, we'll have everybody back and another guest uh, next week on uh, New Winnings Radio. All right. Thanks, guys. We like to end each week with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next.